0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Friday. You know what that means in college sports now. We're talking women's hoop. The best in the biz. Her hoop stats, Megan Gower. I like think it's got to be mid-February, because last night I had the TV on ESPN, had the laptop on SEC Network Plus and Peacock. I had the tablet going, Big Ten Network. Getting into crunch time now. I mean, there's just games after game, after game, after game every night. It's great.
2: Yeah, it almost feels like March is close, which it is.
1: <laughs> yes, but I got to get on you, though, to start the show. Herhoopsats.com. NCA Bracketology.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's coming today. It's coming Come on! Today. <laughs> February 1st. All right. I okay. am in the, in the midst of audits at the day job, and yeah, it's been a week, but it is coming today.
1: <laughs> you said you were tired when you logged in. It's fine. Where do you want to start? You want to start? Well, how about how about this? We go reverse chronological order, because there was, there was a lot that happened last night. Um, yeah. there's I have one, two, three, four, like any of like six games on the dock you want to talk about. So we'll start last night. Where do you want to begin?
2: Maybe with the ACC. I
1: feel like those were the two biggest ones. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech going on the road to NC State, knocking off the Wolfpack uh, in a game that they really took control of in the second half. That was, I think they were up at halftime, but only a couple. They took control in the third quarter, held on there. And then Louisville pulling away in the fourth or in the second half, uh, just hitting three after three late against Notre Dame. So now we have an ACC leader. And it's Virginia Tech, a team that we've kind of dismissed a couple of times in the last few yeah. weeks, but um, I really like what I saw from the Hokies last night.
2: Yeah, it's a really good win from them um, to be NC State. I think we've, we've talked about how I feel like NC State feels like the clear-cut best team in this league, so to get that win on the road especially, I think is, is really impressive from Virginia Tech.
1: This is the Hokies team that I've wanted to see. They had four players in double figures, and that just – it brings them to such a a whole new dimension. Like obviously, you know, Kitley at 25 and 13, Georgia Amor flirted with a triple double, 12, eight rebounds, 10 assists. But then you had Kayla King with 13. You had Matilda Eck with 14 and just even getting contributions from those two players. Like I I did some research. Virginia Tech this year said four players in double figures, 10 times. you ready for these opponents. Mm -hmm. High point, 13 and 10. Houston Christian. Do you know what conference Houston Christian is in?
2: No, I don't.
1: The Southland. <laughs> they used to be Houston Baptist. Uh, Tulane, bottom three in the American. LIU, six and 16. Radford, below 500. Last in the Big Ten Rutgers. One in 10 in the ACC pit. 0 and 11 in the ACC Wake Forest. Florida State and then NC State. So not exactly a murderer's row. And then you do it on the road at the number three team in the country. My thoughts on the Hokies my ceiling for what I think they can achieve is higher. If, if players like Eck and King play like that.
2: Right. And I think that's the big if at this time of season, it's like, it needs to be like, you've got to see those things consistently when you get to March. And I think when you start they seeing things in February, I'm not always sold that it's going to be consistently come March.
1: Uh, Virginia tech coming up, Boston college, Duke, Louisville, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Virginia. That's fairly manageable. Uh, I mean, yeah. they're starting to play well. They've won six in a row now. A couple of those, three of those, over ranked teams. After they won in overtime against North Carolina on Sunday,
2: are they the favorite? I don't know that I'm going that far. It's it's it could be. Like NC State does have a rough schedule left. I don't know. I feel like trying to predict anything in the ACC is a losing battle. It's just too chaotic.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Uh, NC State, I still think is probably, I think the ceiling for Virginia Tech is a little bit higher if they play their A-plus game. But I think NC State could be a little more consistent with that. I just think last night you just saw the, which this is a problem with Virginia Tech too, first time this year you've really seen that lack of depth um, maybe play a factor. Like Mimi Collins had a rough game. River Baldwin had a rough game. And Isaiah James was great in the first half. But, you know, when you only have... Six, seven players you rely on, like two of them have a rough night, and that just the margin is smaller. I'm not too concerned about NC State, just something to watch for in the next month.
2: Yeah, agreed. And I think we see that with a lot of teams right now, too. Like the margin is small, the rotations have shrunk, the injuries have made that the case in a lot of places. And I don't know, it feels like almost everyone's like going through a little rough rough patch right now. It's showing for some teams more than others, but I feel like South Carolina, like everyone seems to be going through it in February.
1: Yeah. Isaiah James, though, she's played really well the last few weeks. I feel like they're different players, but she's kind of going on a Georgia Amor-like stretch where last year Amor was pretty good, and then like February, March, she played mm-hmm. so, so well. Um, I think Isaiah James can maybe be on that trajectory if she keeps it up over the next couple of weeks. And she's not going to be first-team All-American or second-team, but she's playing her way until, you know, first-team All-ACC. Probably not ACC player of the year, but um, playing like it, just at least in the last few weeks. So Virginia Texan first in the ACC, a half game back, another team that you and I have not dismissed, but just kind of said, eh, the the sky will fall a little bit eventually. And there's Louisville, 9-2 and in the league, with a win last night over Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, a good win for them. And they just like i also thought that the sky would would come falling eventually but they just keep picking up the wins in conference play so i think they've impressed me and i guess maybe it just took some time to come together a lot of transfers on this team a lot of new pieces and it's just maybe it's coming together at the right time
1: since they've lost to well they've kind of spread out their losses this year the losses 5 points to alabama i think that was a neutral site game Lost at mm-hmm. UConn handily, lost at North Carolina, lost Monday at NC State. So none of these are bad losses. Right. Um, what most impressed me was the defense, which the metrics, I think, like the defense more than I do. I think it's an okay defense. But last night, we are able to basically shut down everyone except Hannah Hidalgo, which that's good enough. Even Hidalgo, she wasn't efficient in her whatever 20-some-odd mm-hmm. point effort. Um <laughs> I still want to say, yeah, twenty and four overall. Like, there's something about them that I, I don't want to believe in, but they keep proving me wrong. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll just say, heck with it. I believe in Louisville.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel that way about so many teams at this point. It's like, well, someone's got to go to Cleveland. So, right. It can't just <laughs> be South Carolina and
1: <laughs> South Carolina, and then playing the Gamecocks, and then playing the University of South Carolina. Like three other teams. Right. right uh, from Notre Dame standpoint. This is kind of my problem with the Irish. Again, one game on the road, like don't read too, too much into it, but just the the consistent secondary scoring. Like Hidalgo at 21, no one else had double figures against an okay, not great defense. Like they were terrible from three. The offense has been better the last few weeks. uh, So more of a, maybe a blip on the radar than anything, which keep it in mind for March that, you know, you're filling out your bracket. Notre Dame comes up against a high powered offense. Just can they keep up?
2: Yeah, agreed
1: right now so nc state lost obviously south carolina's a 1 seed we'll jump around a bit but right now who on earth is a 1 seed besides south carolina
2: i think stanford's staying there i'm um, even though they lost last weekend i still think they're going to stay on that one line beyond that though I don't, well iowa iowa is going to sit there that last spot just feels like it's a revolving door, though. I, honestly, I haven't gone through and looked at who's going to go there this week yet. It's probably maybe NC State, maybe maybe UCLA has to fall off. They've, they've lost too many games. I don't know who else is on that team. I don't, I don't even know who goes there, basically.
1: <laughs> find out later today and yeah, Brack- we'll find out the out latest NCA bracketology uh, update. It might
2: be. It might be NC State. I don't know. Even though they lost last night, I still think they might go there. I don't know that you can push anyone else there. So
1: let's talk Iowa. A uh, fun game last night. Kind of a game that we thought might be fun. I don't think I expected one, one eleven or one thirteen to ninety three. Yeah. Uh, Hannah Stolke. That's one of yeah, the yeah. That was a crazier for <laughs> forty seven points on seventeen of twenty shooting. I mean, yeah. most of those are laps, but still, like that's that's absurd.
2: Yeah. Yeah, really impressive from her. I think, again, something that if they can get going with a little bit more consistency, she doesn't need to have 47. But, like, if she can just be a more consistent scoring threat and, you know, have 15, 20, that I think is going to be huge for them. But also, 113 to 90 to something, the 90 something is a little, a little concerning.
1: <sighs> yes. This box score is wild. I will put up 111 points. Do you know how many finish in double figures? Two. Wasn't that three? <laughs> three. Tolkien <laughs> had 47. Clark had 27, 15. Jesus Christ. She had 12 turnovers last night. Yeah. She's allowed to have it's an uh, off game. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. She still had 27. She had 15 assists. She still had more assists than turnovers, which is wild. Yeah. Kate <laughs> Martin had 16 points and 16 okay. rebounds. Oh, wow. That's it. And then, uh, off the bench, Sydney Affolter almost had a double-double. She had nine and ten. Um, but still, three players in double figures, and he finished with 111 points. That's wild. Yeah, Pe- People, like, obviously, the offense is so good. Defense, last night aside, I think it's still a little better than last year. Just the danger with Iowa. Again, as you're looking to start, you know, looking ahead to March, Iowa can pretty much outscore anybody. They cannot score anybody. On, especially if they're bringing their even their B game, if they're playing another high-powered offense like Penn State's a pretty good offense, If they're playing another mm-hmm. high-powered offense that has a better defense than Penn State. Like it's not they can, they can lose before the Final Four is what I'm saying. That's all. Just something yeah. to watch for.
2: I thought the thing, and I know we're gonna talk about this game probably later, but like in that Maryland game, I thought the defense on there end stood out to me. And that like Maryland still didn't win that game. They probably should have in the not that they like should have beat Iowa, but in that like if you're that close and on the bubble, you gotta win those kind of games. Um but Maryland was really able to go inside and do what they wanted when they drove them to the lane. And I thought that was maybe a bit concerning from a Iowa standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it seems kind of stupid to say after their big just put up a 47 point game uh right in the, the game in which they scored 111 points. Yeah, I mean, if they run into obviously South Carolina, who they beat last year, like South Carolina's a different animal, but if they run into, I don't know, like an LSU, mm-hmm. like that's just, it's all about matchups and right. playing a team with a couple of dominant bigs and a halfway decent defense, like, and they can score, which I understand this is a, you know, not too many teams match mm-hmm. all of these criteria. I'm just saying, don't necessarily put Iowa in the final four in Penn. Um, they're not perfect outside of South Carolina. Like, there's really no guarantees, I don't think, um, right. nationally. So we, we can talk quickly about Saturday's game. I mean, I I thought it was nice for the Terps to show a little fight. Um, mm-hmm. They took care of business at Rutgers on Tuesday. They just, you know, Brenda Freese afterwards said, it looks like an NCAA tournament team. It's like, yeah, it's nice that you competed with Iowa. But, like, you need to win some of these games to be an NCAA right. tournament team, given your other losses.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, I haven't, like I said, quite down the bracket this week, so I don't know where they're sitting. They're probably still... I would say they're probably in, probably sitting in that that last four in group, but they're in that dangerous territory at this point where you're like, you're going to be hanging out in that bottom group if you don't pick up some of the. I think they've got an opportunity at Indiana maybe in the next week or so. Um, Ohio State one more time. I think they're getting to, you've got to pick up a win at one of these games territory.
1: I think, although by the time we talk next week, Okay, maybe not because that's the next weekend game. When's the 18th? Okay, so we won't uh, know by the time we talk yeah. next week. Next two games, though, for Maryland at Illinois against Penn State. Otherwise, you're right. I- I'm going to assume they lose at Ohio State and they lose at Indiana, and then they beat Wisconsin and Rutgers at home. So that would put them at 15 and 12. If all of those results happen, basically, if things go chalk, <laughs> that leaves Illinois and Penn State. You win both, you're 17 and 12, you're probably fine you split them and you go and you're 16 and 13 going into the big 10 tournament. Like I'll know in the next two games, I think whether Maryland's going or not, because if they, yeah. if they don't go two and O in the next two weeks, they're putting a heck of a ton of pressure on themselves to either get one of those at Ohio state or at Indiana or go on a run of the big 10 tournament. I just don't think that can happen. Yeah.
2: yeah, Great.
1: Um, we'll preview more of the stuff later. And we won't just talk about the big games. Like obviously South Carolina plays UConn, but you know, it's time to start looking at some of these bubble teams. Um, including Alabama, and Tennessee, I thought was one of the more important games of last night. Now, again, neither team's ranked. Both teams are firmly on the NCAA tournament bubble, though. Tied double up the Lady Vols in the third quarter. Leonai and I finishes the 23. They ultimately win comfortably. What does this do for Alabama, who now gets LSU? What does this do for Tennessee?
2: Alabama, I think, stays in. Tennessee is, I think, in trouble like when you keep dropping these games to you know you're not just losing to your South Carolinas and your LSUs I think it's hard to be like oh all those losses without Rekia Jackson are just because you didn't have Rekia Jackson um so so I think Tennessee's in trouble and they've got a rough stretch left here too right they've still got South Carolina twice they've got LSU Feel like you're kind of you've got to win that Arkansas game, you've got to win that Vanderbilt game, and you've got to win that Texas A&M game right
1: now. Um. Yes, the women's side again—they don't do quads. If they did, Tennessee is two and eight against teams that would be Q one and Q two opponents, and that's just again they, they pretty much beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Like their losses aren't terrible. Florida State, fine without Rakia Jackson, Indiana, Notre Dame, Ohio State, even Middle Tennessee, like Tennessee should never lose to Middle Tennessee, but that's a good mid-major they're team. not bad, yeah. Right. At Texas A&M, fine. At Alabama, but they're both on the road, so like none of these losses are completely inexcusable. The problem is they beat Oklahoma, that'll age that's aged nicely. Mm-hmm.
2: I, just,
1: I don't see another Mississippi State okay on the road win by double digits, but like there's nothing on this on this schedule that goes wow, and when you have yeah. the losses they do, you just you need you need a wow somewhere,
2: right? I mean they've got three more chances at a wow. Do I think they're gonna pick them up? I don't know.
1: You don't think they're gonna stroll into to CLA on March third and, and beat the Gamecocks? Yeah,
2: no, I, I don't. So I think you got to circle that LSU game for them. Try to to pull off an upset there because yeah, I don't think you're beating South Carolina.
1: Fair enough. Uh, nothing else really from the SEC. actually one of the game from the SEC. I want to ask you about Texas A&M going to Ole Miss. They win by 19 Ole Miss. I think you have them pretty firmly in the field. Uh, yeah. Texas A&M they're 16 and six year 200. Joni Taylor, much better than last year. They have a pretty good player in Janaya Barker. Their net coming into yesterday was 36. Let me hit refresh. Hasn't updated yet um i don't think you had them in last week unless i just missed them i uh,
2: thought they were so now i'm looking for them and i'm maybe you are right of course I'm come on megan i'm always <laughs> right uh, I lied. Seems... no
1: no i'm wrong you have those in nine seats so
2: Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, 36 for net seems like, I don't know, I was like, I don't think I had anyone that was in the 30s out, or that high in the 30s out. All right. Okay, yeah. I said I'm always right, and that lasted
1: three seconds. But Texas A&M, this is a team that, yeah, like, like a lot of SEC teams, like Mississippi State, like Alabama, like even Ole Miss, teams we don't really talk about a lot, because they're not really ranked. They, you know, they're, even if they are, they'll come in for 24, 25 for a week, lose, and then. We don't hear about them, but they're always just kind of receiving votes. They're hanging out there, eight nine seed range. What do you take uh, make of this Texas A and M team that like we haven't talked about them yet? I don't think this year.
2: Yeah, I feel like they're just part of that middle group of the SEC where like the teams aren't great, but they're also not bad. Like they're all tournament teams. I don't know. Like I feel like so much of this, it's like hard to say if they could make noise in the tournament because I think so much of it comes down to matchups like we're just gonna keep talking about this like we've probably said it like six times today but I think especially this year just like given I think we've seen outside of South Carolina pretty much everyone can get got by someone on any given night and it's just it's gonna come down to matchups and and who gets the draw that you know fits well for them and they draw the right you know one seed could they pull off a massive upset maybe I don't know but yeah, it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, we've said it a lot, even the last two weeks, and it just it goes to show you how far the game has come. Because it's not that long ago, you could pretty much pencil in, you know, make your final four, if not all four one seeds, like thrown to two. If you're feeling really frisky, you throw in a three seed, and you know we've seen teams make runs before um, that aren't one or two seeds, but it just it didn't happen a whole lot, and now it just just happens so often. Like I, I say, I'm out on teams like LSU and Yukon. Is there a path where like, Oh, LSU just runs into a bunch of small teams and literally like just beats the crap out of them four times mm-hmm. and gets to Cleveland. Sure. I just, you know, in general terms, I haven't seen enough to, to be comfortable saying that, but like, it could happen. Yukon can get a favorable draw. It can happen. It's, it's all about matchups, mm-hmm. including another team, in that bill of Texas AM, Ole Miss, half the SEC it seems. Michigan State waiting all year for that marquee win. Because this is a good team, right. seventeen and six. They had Indiana on the ropes. Let them off the hook.
2: Yeah. I feel like this is the second time that's happened. They when they had Iowa on the ropes a few weeks back towards the beginning of conference play and same thing. Iowa got a, got away with the win there. But yeah, a team that seems to be able to hang around with everyone, but hasn't picked up that, you know, win that's like Here's the big
1: one. Yeah, I mean, if they they beat Iowa, if they beat Indiana, especially both of those were on the road, right? The
2: mm-hmm. yeah, the
1: Kitten Clark game winner was at home.
2: Yeah, I forgot about Ohio State too, but they only lost that one on the road by by five too.
1: So yeah, I mean, they're Being looking close. at what like eight, nine seed ish. Like, win one or two of those, and mm-hmm. suddenly you're looking at yeah. five or six seed. Um, what are your thoughts on Indiana?
2: <sighs>
1: I felt better about them. After they lost at Ohio State on Sunday, like, they were down, what, 14? I thought it was over. I think everyone thought it was over. They claw their way back, make it a game late. And I thought, all right, like, I, sh- I saw some fight from the Hoosiers. And then, yeah, they won last night. But don't let it become a trend of you're going to decide to start playing when you're down 10. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm still just not sold on this team. I don't know what it is exactly, but just – I'm not, I'm not sold.
1: This is the Louisville of, of the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> is not sold. I will say, Mackenzie Holmes is putting up basically identical numbers to last year when she was a first team All American. Um, the field goal percentage is down a whopping one and a half percent, and the points are down about a point. But it's otherwise across the board, it's pretty much identical to when she was a first team All American. And the numbers, I think I went on the tangent last year of like scoring 20 points or more a game on 66% shooting. Like the list of forwards who have done that is very, very small. Like all the best forwards you could possibly think of in women's basketball history didn't do it in college. And she's about to do it back to back years. So um, I don't really have a point here other than I feel like she's still underappreciated, despite the fact yeah. that she was the first team All American last year. Like I don't think she's going to be that this year. And she's literally mm-hmm. doing, like, identically to what she did last year.
2: Yeah. I feel like some of it probably stems from, like, Indiana just not being as good. Like, this was a team you're talking about as, you know, number two team, number three team in the country last year. Whereas that's, that's certainly not the case this year. But the great I mean, her numbers are still really impressive. And it's just kind of, like, flying under the radar uh, a little bit, I would say. I, I feel like part know. of it, too, is, like, they don't – like, do they have the big win yet, too? Like, they haven't...
1: No, they admitted they, they don't have a
2: big win, yeah. Like, another team that, yeah, scrolling through I'm like, there's just no exciting win on, on this resume. They played... You beat Tennessee, like, that hasn't aged well. Like, yeah, it's a little underwhelming.
1: And two of their three losses, they got blown out. Like, they went to yeah. Stanford. It was November, so, you know, it was a long time ago. You lost by mm-hmm. 32, and then you lost uh, by... 27 at Iowa. Right. Um, I, I don't want to say lucky to lose by five at Ohio State because they made shots late, but that game mm-hmm. easily could have flipped. They were down 14 early in the fourth. That could have stayed somewhat out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be the person that, like this time last year, we had our first team All Americans pretty much set in stone. Uh, right. I think I even made have proclaimed it in like, late January and there mm-hmm. was the five. This year. <laughs>
2: Mark no, will be an All-American. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but like you have Clark, Hidalgo, Juju, Beckers, Reese, Elizabeth Kitley, uh, uh, Mackenzie Holmes. I'm sure I'm missing people. Like, yeah. I didn't even mention a South Carolina person. They're the best team in the country. And they may, may not have, like, I guess Camila Cardozo has been good, but mm-hmm. you're going up against people that are just putting up gaudy numbers. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. envy The Associated Press and any of these other teams because there's just we're stacked at the top of the game, yeah. Um, one other note of Thursday we don't have to talk a whole lot about this. I don't think anyone saw it, I don't even know where to watch it. St. Joe's outlasting George Mason, two teams that are right there on the bubble in the Atlantic 10. As of last week, you had Mason on the first four out. Does this, I, I can't imagine, there's many high opportunities in the A-10. Does this do it for George Mason's at-large chances losing at home?
2: Probably. I haven't quite done the math, but, yeah, probably. I would say, like, I mean, them and Richmond have both been hanging around on the bubble. Maybe Richmond moves into their spot kind of there if they had a good week. But, yeah, I can't say I watch a lot of A-10, to be honest. Like, you're correct. I don't even know where you watch it.
1: (laughs) Probably on Flow Sports, which I don't pay for Flow because – I, don't want to I only it.
2: pay for it in November.
1: <laughs> uh, St. Joe's, 22 and 2, 11 and 1 in the A 10. They're 12 and 0 away from home. Uh, and then Richmond is 10 and 1. They play each other. Oh, they already played each other once in a game that was not on our radar. Uh, January 6th, Richmond oh. won. So those are your top two teams in the A 10 and multi bid A 10. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm rooting for it.
2: Yeah, I'm rooting for it too. I think they've got a good shot at it. Hopefully, they don't. No one picks up that you know unexpected loss that just ruins the chance of it. In, in
1: the next like I, I understand how it works with the money and all that. And but if you're gonna ask me, would I rather see twenty three and five Richmond as an at large over sixteen and eleven or like seventeen and twelve SEC team? I like just. Give yes, me Richmond. Agreed. Agreed. Give me Richmond. Give me a team that, you know, won't get here a whole lot versus a team that like lost 12 times and Congratulations, you're no. okay.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret?"
1: Wednesday, mm-hmm. only one notable result. Baylor, that free fall continues. It keeps going. Yeah. On this I'm pod, just... the first one we did a month ago, I was ready to make a case that Baylor was a top five team in the country. And then two days before we recorded that first one, they lost big at Kansas. So I kind of straight away, who dodged that <laughs> ball.
2: <bullet. laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even understand what's going on. That's, I feel like it was like, okay, they're not like, this top five team that people thought they were because they were undefeated. And now I'm just like, what is going on? Like, this is the, the, the big 12 is not that difficult of a league. Like, and they are just fully free falling in it.
1: Yeah. This is the second time this year I've avoided X. If you recall, I was ready to state that Florida state was the best team in the ACC. <laughs> I'm like crafting the argument when they're up 18 at Syracuse, and then they lost. So I, again, straight away from it and they have barely won since. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm glad we record on once a week on Fridays. Uh, So Baylor will probably fall out of the top 25. They have a game against a pesky West Virginia team. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Reverse chronological order. Nothing really happened on Tuesday of no Monday. We talked about NC State and Louisville. Um, NC State really controlled that game start to finish anything. I guess Sunday we haven't while we're talking big 12 Texas K-State. I think we would have been too quick to count out Texas.
2: Yeah, I think Texas might be better than I thought they would be without Rory Harmon. Like they're not as good as they were without with Rory Harmon. Of course. Can't talk this morning. With Rory Harmon, obviously, but they're still pretty darn good.
1: Madison Booker, yeah. in years in which Juju Watkins and Hannah Hidalgo don't exist. Like she'd be a national freshman of the year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, front runner. Just this year, she just running into two superstars. But since the new year. Only three opponents have shot better than 40% against him. So all without Rory Harmon. K-State was one of those opponents. Oklahoma, I think, is one of them. Uh, But still, this defense, as you would expect with Vic Schaefer, is pretty good. All their losses have come in the conference. They're all, for the most part, acceptable, fine. And this is a team that if they can just... They're not great three-point shooting. um, But if someone like Shaley Gonzalez can just do a little bit more... um, they just can shoot a little more efficiently. Like I think Aaliyah Moore wasn't overly efficient against K-State. They can just find a little more offensively outside of Booker, just more consistently. Why not Texas over anyone else going to Cleveland?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point, right, like, you no, know, I'm not sold on anyone else in South Carolina. So why not a lot of these teams? But yeah, agreed. I, their defense is good enough with the right matches, matchups, and they shoot the ball. Okay, they could go.
1: K State. I again. I without Aokali, assuming she comes back in a couple of weeks and she's back mm-hmm. in close to hundred percent by the tournament, pretty much anything K State does until then. Like I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into it. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. She's just too big of a part of what the team does.
1: And 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 we're expecting her to come back. So it's not like mm-hmm. all right, this is what they're going to be the rest of the year. They right. will, in theory, um, should be able to get back to fully operational. Battle station, um, which leads us to a team that might not UCLA. Your beloved Bruins dropped four or seven after last week. They've alternated wins and losses. Corey Close says Lauren Betts, she's due back this season. Yeah,
2: I'll take her word
1: for it. But like we've heard that from coaches before, where it's just it's mysterious. They're not saying anything. Oh, she'll be back this year. Oh, she'll be back this year. Oh, she's day to day, and then suddenly it's been a month. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm out on UCLA until. Until she comes back and I see her on the floor,
2: right? I think one week it was one thing, and now what they were supposed to like put out a press release last weekend, nothing came out. I thought she saw something that she was supposed to play this weekend. Now it's she'll be back this season. Well, it's a lot of question marks right now.
1: Right, different different scenarios because we don't know what this is and we hope her health right. is okay. But like Olivia Miles, when she got hurt last year, do you remember Neil Ivy was like, Oh, she's day-to-day? Yeah. Like, well, that was
2: everyone near a year ago. Trend. Yeah.
1: And she hasn't <laughs> played since. So right. I don't think she was day to day last March. Right. Um, but they're just, you know, if you're not saying it, they've given up seventy plus four times in this seven game stretch. They've given up eighty plus three times. So, this you see the effect of bets when she's not on the floor of the defense just isn't very good. Um, they can still score, they still have talent. They can still, again, why not UCLA with or without Lauren Betts? Just without her, they just I don't think they can defend well enough.
2: Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a rough weekend for them too because what she's out isn't Djalik in Brazil for the not in Brazil, yes, but wherever they're playing the the qualifiers. For Serbia, she's playing. So they're they're down a few people. I think and someone you, else from their team too is playing qualifiers. I'm blanking on who.
1: Now they're playing the Desert Schools, Arizona. That is average. Well, I guess in the Pac-12 they're a below-average team, but they're 12 and 10. They're four and six in the league, and right. then Arizona State is towards the bottom.
2: Right, Arizona State. They should be fine. I think that Arizona game. If you're missing that many pieces in your front court they should be able to handle it, but like that uh, could get interesting.
1: I just want to see them handle it. And I'll feel, I'll feel um, a little bit better. Uh, if they can just take care of business um, excuses, like, yes, obviously I hope Lauren Betts is fine. You know, mm-hmm. you want your players, you, you want to go to recruits and say, look, we have people playing for right. Olympic bids. Like this is good for the program. Yeah. Take care of business. That's all. So beat Arizona at home, yeah, home. Arizona beat Arizona mm-hmm. state bad team, beat them at home take care of business and uh, move on and hope that you know they get back to full strength in the coming weeks um other pac-12 takeaways last weekend juju uh, yeah we have juju. to talk about
2: that <laughs> oh my god 51, 51. at stanford <laughs> yeah it's stanford she basically almost outscored stanford entirely by herself like that is incredible but right? stanford had like 58 i think like, yes. it was some, yeah
1: uh 26 field goal attempts so 17 of 19 free throws we've seen that a couple of times where she's just gone like 16 of 16 or 17 of 19 from the stripe they almost got got against a mid-cal team two days later so i'm not gonna put them in <laughs> right. as a final four contender like i guess Iowa proved last year you can like you can't hard to get to a final four off the back of one player um especially a freshman but if they have their a game if she has her a game of the tournament whether it's round one or in the elite eight, like you're going to know, I think five minutes in,
2: like, Oh, mm-hmm.
1: USC, like this, this is gettable or, Ooh, we're in trouble. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Stanford. I need more. Yeah. Like, you know, if Cameron Brink's allowed to have an off night shooting wise, uh, but she, you know, she had 15 rebounds, eight blocks, Irfan had at 16 and nine, like Talana Lapolo can't play 40 minutes and shoot the ball twice. Like, she just can't, mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hannah Jump was okay. But I I just need more.
2: Yeah. I think they need more from their guards. Like their front court is obviously carrying this team, but they just, they just got to get a little bit more from the guards. Yeah. I mean, Sunday
1: we saw them again without Lauren Betts. They take care of UCLA and frankly brush them aside. (laughs) Brink had 19, 19, and seven. Again, it's all about matchups. Like Stanford's final four good unless they match up with someone who can
2: handle, I don't even (laughs) want to say
1: equal, but like, Contain them ish inside. Like <laughs> USC did fine rebounding wise, held them to a low efficiency game. Like, Again, Hannah Jump's a fine option, but just run into a team that has a little bit of size and Stanford, like last year against a team like Ole Miss, like they're gettable. It they might be a mm-hmm. one seed, but they're gettable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Any other uh Pac-12 takeaways? No, I
2: think that covers it. It
1: was a busy week.
0: Yeah, to be a busy a week. And
1: I have a lot of games written down here for this weekend. Starting with two Pac-12 teams that we haven't talked about yet. Oregon State is at the Mountain School, so they're at Utah tonight and they're at Colorado on Sunday. I am ready to be 2 feet firmly in on the Beaver bandwagon. I think I will be if they split this weekend. Like they mm-hmm. swept these teams at home a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to ask for a sweep on the road against two good teams. That's hard they host the, they're they're in the mountains. They host the LA schools next week. They're at the Washington schools, both of whom are pretty good. They close again with Stanford and Cal. Like if you go 5 and 3 in that span against eight pretty good teams, I think I'll be in going into March.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think this team We've seen some good things if you start seeing it consistently. Here, I think because they didn't play one in the non-conference, it's like, all right, can they keep stringing it together? But I, I think if they can, and this in this weekend will be a great test. Um, I mean, I do think if they sweep this this weekend, you start talking about can they host in the NCAA tournament? But yeah, I'm interested to see what they do.
1: 24th in the hoops. That's composite rankings. There's a bunch of Pac 12 teams in this USC's 21, Washington State 23. Ooh, Utah, sixth in the metrics.
2: Yeah, they're like really high in the net, too. I think they've played a tough schedule. I don't know how they're that high, though. The
1: probably... net, they are also sixth in the net at yeah. 15 and six. The net has been updated. Um, let's see. Alabama stays at 28 after winning last night. Other notable games. I don't see any massive jumps. It's Minnesota a bubble team. They dropped from 38 to 42 after losing to Ohio State last night. Um I don't see any other significant jumps. But yeah, Utah Metric Starling. And yeah. obviously they have they have a superstar in Alyssa Peely. Why not? That's going to be the theme of today's show. Why <laughs> I not Utah? Why, why sure. It yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh we mentioned UCLA hosting Arizona. That's really it for tonight. Tomorrow couple of Big 12 games. Talk to me about this West Virginia team. They're 20-2, didn't really play anyone non-conference. They lost by yeah. 21 to Texas. They lost by 10 at Iowa State. That was the very next game, so just a, a week-long blip. Um, taking on a Baylor team. T- tell me about these Mountaineers. They're, the record's good. They're ranked, what, 24th, and they have an opportunity yeah. for what is now a ranked win. It probably wouldn't be if this game was a week from now. Yeah,
2: I don't know that... Beating Baylor does much for you right now, but yeah, I mean it's still a decent win, right? Like Brown's still gonna be a tournament team. Um, I think where they like are their best is on the defensive end. They lead the lead the country in steals, and it's not like one player like a you know, Hidalga that this comes up with all these steals a the game. They've got I think three, four players that average two. Po- Two, two 3 steals a game, so it's kind of a team effort. So that's that's really where they get their success around them. Okay, and the other metrics, but that you know, forcing the turnovers is really what's allowed them to excel. But I feel like they're kind of missing that that signature win too, right? Like you didn't play anyone in in non conference, and now in the big the Big 10, Twelve, you've got to like knock off a Texas or a Kansas State to really get a big win. Baylor's a good one, but Baylor doesn't look like they might have thought it would at the beginning of the conference season.
1: The highlight of the non-conference: a win over Penn State. Penn State, they're Penn State's a tournament team, right? Decent win, yeah. But they average fourteen and a half steals a game. They have, of course, uh, one, two, three, four. They have four players with fifty or more steals. Shout out to Mark Kellogg, his first year uh, in Morgantown, doing good things for a West Virginia team that. They made the tournament last year, right? They were like, they were in, that, I think, a 7 10 game against Arizona that, frankly, yeah. I didn't watch one second of. Yeah, um, it
2: wasn't a game that did much for me. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, but West Virginia firmly back in. Um, probably not in line to host despite the gaudy record, but probably in line to be what, like five, six seed? Yeah. And then Iowa State, Oklahoma. The Cyclones have a stretch of Oklahoma, K State, and then at Texas, they've dropped three of four. One of those. Uh, they dropped four of six, and one of those wins was the forfeit to TCU. They're riding high a few weeks ago. Now, are we talking must
2: win? Yeah, it kind of feels like it. You've got to start picking up some of these these important wins and the ones that you can get right, especially when you've got Kansas State and Texas went left. Like those are harder to win, so you take a lot of pressure off yourself if you pick up a win versus Oklahoma.
1: 38th in the net coming into the day. So you're looking in the same range as Syracuse is 39 in the net. I didn't expect that. Florida State, Miami, even heck, even Oklahoma is 36 in the net. So I think Mm -hmm. both of these teams, I think Oklahoma's in regardless, but they could certainly be a nice resume booster. Um, But Iowa State, a team that we were talking, what, a month ago, they were early on in Big 12 play atop the standings, had a couple of nice wins, and suddenly now they're flirting with the bubble. Uh um, yeah. sunday big game south carolina yukon no camilla cardozo she is off with team brazil uh south carolina's at home for this one i gave my thoughts on the huskies last week uh they haven't changed after uh ugly win over seton hall on oh, God, wednesday <laughs> yeah we're not gonna talk about that game um but talk to me about Do the Huskies have a chance going into a place that South Carolina hasn't lost since 2020, but without probably their most important piece on a team that has a lot of important pieces, but Cardoso probably the most important?
2: Yeah, I think it depends what version of UConn shows up for this game. Like there is a world where it happens, where UConn brings their A game. And when UConn playing their A game, I think they can compete with anyone in the country. The way Yolia Edwards has played the last few games has really impressed me. She had, what, 30-something against St. John's, and yes, it's just St. John's, but I still think that's something as good as she has been. We haven't seen her do in her career before, like, really go out there and, and dominate in that fashion. So I think, you know, if if you get All-American pagebackers and All-American Yolia Edwards – And them playing at that level, yeah, they have a chance. Do I think they're necessarily going to win it? No. I think it's a hard place to win in general. I think you have a better chance because Cardoso isn't there. Um, But I think it's going to depend what version of UConn shows up and not getting intimidated by the crowd, which when you have four freshmen in a rotation, I don't don't know that that's going to happen. So, yeah. Four of your
1: seven-player rotation. Yeah, <laughs> And realistically, like I don't know how much Caden Samuels is going to play, so it might be a six-person right. irritation barring foul right. trouble. So two ways to look at this for me from a, a UConn standpoint. Like, you go to Colonial Life Arena and lose, especially close game. I like, think there's no, like, that's, right. that's re- respectable. No shame in that at all. But to do it without Camila Cardozo, like, I wonder mentally where the Huskies would be at, given they'd lose four in a row to South Carolina in this instance. And sure it was on the road, but if you can't beat them without their six seven monster in the middle, like what gives you any hope that if you see them in March, you're gonna be able to do it with their six right. seven all American type person. So I think it's a psychological thing for the Huskies. Um you're right, Alita Edwards has been great. She's averaged like twenty five and twelve the last like month, a stretch of consistency we've never seen from her. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is I know without Cardozo, Ashley Watkins is probably gonna start, but Malaysia Full Wiley is going to come off the bench. Like I have visions of Full Wiley going uncontested to the rim as many times as she wants. Like she could have. She had a big game last night uh, against Missouri as Gamecocks. No Cardozo, no problem. Took care of business against a bad Tigers team, admittedly. Yeah. I just see Full Wiley though having her way, given what UConn's done against quick guards this year, which is admittedly not much.
2: Right. Yeah. I think it's it'll be a good test for UConn to see if they can. Can do something with her in terms of their defense off the bench, and can they try to stop that trend a little bit? But yeah, I don't know. And they like the problem is UConn doesn't really have anything that's gonna come off the bench that's gonna change the game for them. They, sure. They have Ice Brady to to give Ali a break or to to put some more size on the court, but it's, barring her having some kind of explosion, which you know what, it can happen, but like we've only seen her have like a couple good games.
1: Now, from the South Carolina standpoint, they passed. They haven't been – they've had a couple of tests this year. Utah gave them a test. They had some marquee games in the non-conference. But the last two months or so, because the SEC's kind of meh, LSU was a big test. On the road, in that environment, they passed it. This is a different type of test now against a pretty good UConn team. Like, LSU obviously has the size. They're not great from three-point range. This is a little bit different of, yes, Ali Edwards is very good inside. But now Huskies have more shooters. So from, mm-hmm. from South Carolina's standpoint, one of the few times in the, you know, between December and March that they're going to get a true test. I just want to see how they, you know, how they handle it. I expect them to win still. Um, but just something that, you know, we just, we're looking, we're looking to pick holes into a, an unblemished right. South Carolina team. I don't know. I'm feeling a little desperate. This is... I'll, yeah. I'll
2: also, like, I feel like if they lose to Kind team because like a liam page go off or whatever and then i don't know Ashland shade hits four threes and it's they lose that game like without Curtis, look i don't really think i think anything different about south carolina than i did going into that game
1: right short of like if they, this <laughs> won't happen
2: or something like right. yeah, they got like if they, if they just
1: got blown out like there's right Sure, if you ran the simulation 10,000 times like that, it come up a couple of times. <laughs> Once, but yeah, yeah. Right, it's a lot more likely that they do the blowing out. Um, I, <laughs> it's so dangerous because I want to go and say, well, you know, South Carolina is so good, so good, so good, and then have last year repeat itself, and like they certainly yeah. could lose in the NCAA tournament. But right now, they're just, they're a class above yeah. everyone else.
2: It almost might be better for them to lose this game and that, like, you get that loss and, like, it doesn't happen in March. I don't know. I feel like sometimes you see, like, you look at, like, all those UConn teams, like, post Brianna Stewart, where it was like, oh, this whole changing of the lineup and, like, they never lost, they never lost, they were still so good, and then, like, you get to March and you you lose that Final Four game. And it's like, you would rather drop one in the regular season.
1: Right, like, the best te- best thing that may have happened to South Carolina two years ago was blowing that lead in the SEC Championship game. Right, they Took care of business again uh, the rest of the way. So that's the marquee on Sunday. South Carolina, you kind of think it's a two. Uh, other games I'm watching for, Duke, North Carolina, Blue Devils, another team that the metrics like, you aren't as high. The Blue Devils, as of last week for you, were an 11 among the last four buys, I guess, um, after yeah. beating winless in the ACC wake last night. Here's a Blue Devil schedule, though. North Carolina at Virginia Tech, Notre Dame at Ranked Syracuse, home to NC State. Virginia at UNC, so that's seven games remaining, four against ranked teams, and then two more against North Carolina, which very well could be ranked. Mm-hmm. So, is your projection based on what Duke you think will do? Because they're fifteen and seven. I think they'd be in if the tournament if the tournament started today. But that's an awfully hard schedule.
2: Yeah, it's that, and then they're well. They have that one Virginia Tech win, but like other than that, like the just like the the so who have we beat?
1: <laughs> um, well, they have a lot of I chances to, to say who do yeah, we beat. Yeah,
2: exactly. They could easily play their way firmly into the field or firmly out of the field in the next couple of weeks.
1: Um, other games on Sunday. So she only had, only had what, 20-something last night. So Caitlin Clark will need, I think, 40-some-odd points to break the scoring record. By the time we talk next week, she'll be the all-time leading scorer in NCA history. So, I don't want to ask you as much about the game. Like, they're, they'll beat Nebraska. What else? There's your analysis. They'll beat Nebraska. <laughs> as it stands right now, Friday, February 9th, 9 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, standard daylight, whatever, 9 49 a.m. What is her legacy to you?
2: I think she's one of, if not the best scorer that the game has seen. Um, And I think she's also taken an Iowa program that wasn't really on the map and put it very firmly on the map. Then I think the other thing is like, I don't know, she's just captured the attention of fans that weren't necessarily women's basketball fans before this and like people talk about caitlin clark all the time like i'm on work calls and people know him into women's basketball obviously and people are like oh caitlin clark did this a great look did with that like she has this level of tension around her that I, I think yeah there have been other players that have had that but i think it feels like it's like a different level
1: like right player right time mm-hmm. in 2024 like they have a freaking tiktok cam <laughs> I'm yeah. way too old for TikTok. I, like, I
2: feel like I'm too old for TikTok. So,
1: so I I don't have an account. Like, I, I don't know how to make a TikTok, but like the fact that they have a TikTok cam on her, is kind of identical, you know, it's wild. Mm-hmm. To me, I see a lot of folks, media members or just fans saying, you know, she's the GOAT. I'm not ready to put her there. I think to me, she's the most skilled player maybe I've ever seen. Because people forget She shattered the Big Ten assist record too. Mm -hmm. The record was 901 or something like that. She's gonna finish well over a thousand. She might be the biggest draw we've ever seen, given the the TV rating she brings and the attendance that she pretty much single-handedly brings. I just I can't put her in the same company as Brianna Stewart, Dinah Tarazzi, Cheryl Miller, Shamika Holdsclaw, Tamika catchings, Candace Parker, Maya Moore. Like, yes, she has all the stats and all the individual accolades. Those kind players have championship mul- to and <laughs> multiple national titles. Yeah. If she carries again, it's February 9th. She carries this team to a national title this year after what she did last year, coming up a game short with the greatest run I've ever seen. This is a different conversation right now, though. I think there's a difference between like, she might be the b- most skilled player I've ever seen the best score I've ever seen. She's not the best player. If that makes
2: sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think one, the defensive end, like you you're talking about some players in there that, yeah, were different on the defensive end, but two, yeah. I just think the the championships matter and like her offense is incredible, but there's other pieces to the game too.
1: I mean, yeah, I I think like people forget how good Tamika Catchings was because she wasn't this I mean, she was a good score. She wasn't some mm-hmm. prolific score, but what she did at the defensive end is just otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, Other games on Sunday, couple of more Maryland, Illinois talked about it like this and Penn state are the games where like I'll know whether Maryland makes the tournament, I think. Um, And Mm -hmm. then Alabama LSU crimson tide did a lot for their resume last night with a comfortable win over Tennessee. Now a chance to what a win Sunday, barring some sort of collapse meltdown. Would they pretty much be in?
2: Yeah, I think they're close to in now. I think I've, I don't know. I do think I had them the last four him last week against, but I don't know. I feel like they are likely to stay on the good side of the bubble.
1: Fair enough. Um, last game on Sunday, noted NFL analyst, <laughs> fan, whatever you want to call her, Megan Gower. I know you watched a ton of football. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your Super Bowl pick.
2: Uh, I'll go with the Chiefs because my uncle works for them and because I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was about to ask analysis. you. Are you with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what level are are you did you go Air's tour? I have not, but not because I haven't tried to get there endlessly. But I also like have a hard time justifying like fifteen hundred dollars resale tickets.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Uh so you know, has she's swept the NFL world for whether you love her or hate her. Like, are you any more interested in any of this stuff with Travis Kelsey than you were, you know, uh, three months ago with football? Has it done anything for you?
2: Not in terms of watching football. No, I don't, I know that people are tuning into the games because she's there. I'm like, I'll see the pictures on Instagram. I don't need to watch the football game to see the 30 seconds of clips of her that they're going to show. So
1: you're, you're not. Real Swifties, Megan. They're on Reddit. They're talking about like <laughs> yeah. breaking down NFL <laughs> rules. Come on. Uh, are you going to watch the game?
2: Yeah, I'll watch the game. I always watch the Super Bowl.
1: Does Usher do anything for you at halftime?
2: No, honestly. Not not that exciting for the halftime show. I don't like the commercials. The commercials are where it's at.
1: Growing up, it was always like, oh, you have these old people Performing, and now we're at the stage in our lives yeah,
2: where where are the old people? people? I mean, I'm, yeah. not, I'm
1: not a big usher guy, but like, you know, if you had the last couple of years, uh, uh, Rihanna last year, she had a lot more. Band, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the hip hop thing, which everyone loved a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, all these like '90s and '2000s artists that new kids. Like, oh, but all these old people. Yeah. <laughs> people. Um. Cool, Megan. Plug your stuff because I, I swear. If I go on herhoopstats.com at like 5 o'clock tonight and Bracketology isn't updated, I'm not going to be happy.
2: Yeah, it's coming today, I promise. So Bracketology update coming today. Uh, First seed reveal is next Thursday, too. So some stuff is, is around that. Yes, it is. So, that should be
1: interesting. We have, a lot, yeah. we have a lot to break down with that because we know who one of the one seeds will be. Well, probably two yeah. after yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I'm, like, very interested to see. I think it's a lot of, like, splitting hairs at the top, so I'm interested to see, like, where the committee falls and some stuff that's pretty close.
1: Well, Megan, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy uh, enjoy seeing Taylor Swift on TV, and we'll talk next week.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator